Attention homos and homettes. The train to the Rainbow Rewatch is officially leaving the station. Please keep your hands, feet, flip phones, and webkins inside the vehicle at all times. If you're not gay, now you are. Congratulations. Get ready in five, four, ah. Did I scare you? Good. My name is Daniel. And my name is Liliana, and today on the Rainbow Rewatch, we will be re-examining Mean Girls Ooh. and ask the question, was this movie actually any good? Mean Girls. Um, I think maybe the most iconic movie of the 2000s. No, that's true. That's absolutely a true statement. It's definitely, <laughs> I definitely um, influenced a lot of queer people growing up, I oh, feel. Yeah. Oh, specifically for people, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, like, everyone... It's so weird because, like, everyone wanted to be Regina George, but then when you talk to people, as we'll see later on the podcast, (gasps) that, like, being Regina George, being that Regina George character, isn't necessarily all that it's cracked up to be. No, I think it's a very, like, white twink sort of uh, mentality. Like, I'm Regina. It's like, honey, you're not that cool. I'm so sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Also, like, you don't want... I don't know why we glamorize being mean. Being a bully. And I feel like we've got to this point, especially in internet culture, where, like, being sensitive is bad. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I think being sensitive is is pretty cool. I don't think... (laughs) (laughs) Being sensitive is rad. (laughs) It is. (laughs) No, I agree. Um, I mean... I'm a sensitive boy. I cry at movies. I've I've admitted that I've cried at multiple movies that we've watched. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> my heart. Um, don't bring me back there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, people people really want to identify with Regina, which is interesting. Um, but I don't know. This movie is like canon. When I was watching it last night, oh my god, every single I basically knew every single line. Like every mm-hmm. every punchline. And there's a lot of punchlines. I knew literally all of them. And I haven't seen the movie in maybe four years, three years. Well, also, Dan and I, we did the we did a play version of Mean Girls our freshman year of high school. So, someone, so like, we yeah. had a lot of these punch, like, punchlines, one-liners to memorize. We did. No, we did, because, um, yeah, so someone who was a senior, we could, like, put on your own show for this class. Um, and he put on Mean Girls. He literally took the script and that was like he did not alter a he single literally thing. copied it he didn't alter it for stage at all no no and it, it went because mean girls has a lot of like back and forth cuts like especially in the mm-hmm. beginning when the, i'm thinking about our moment specifically because lilian and i were freshmen and we were ensemble <laughs> right but like being ensemble was honestly better for this show because we had all the good lines we had every had, single um, good line I had uh, one time Regina the dinosaurs one. I did not have that one. I had one time Regina George I, punch me in the face. It was awesome. That was my line. I love that. I love that. You Wait, know, you I think I might have had. I think I had the homosexual one with the shotgun and the dinosaurs or something. And on the fifth I really day, remember. God created the AK forty seven. <laughs> it's such a good <laughs> right. joke. It's actually really funny, but that play version we did, oh my god. Honestly, honestly, it was it was fun. It was fun Don't to do. Think. And then a couple years later, um, Mean Girls the Musical came out. 
Which right. I've never seen. Oh, I've I've been meaning to. I only know one song from it. I'd rather be me. Um mm-hmm. it seems good. I mean I'm sure it's fine. I never had the urge to go see it because I'm like, one, the movie's fine. Like I'm I'm good right. with just rewatching the movie. I don't need the music. Um but mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've seen on TikTok and stuff, Cameron Dallas was in it. And oh my right. God, he was Aaron Samuels. And that boy, God bless his soul, cannot sing. And he was a lead role in a Broadway show. It was so questionable. And I hate, like I'm an actor and I hate when people cast, like, like stunt cast. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Cameron Dallas, that's the demographic of Mean Girls, like they'll come to see him. I'm like, mm-hmm. that makes me respect the show a lot less, but I'm also... He sends his stands after us. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron, we do love you, and we do appreciate you. I literally know nothing about him. I don't even know who that is, really. Is he a sway boy? To me, he's a vine boy. I don't know if that's uh-huh. true. He, I think he's like a oh. vine, vine right. to Instagram crossover. Like, now he's like an Instagram right. boy, because he's okay. like a bit older than us. I, don't, I really have no idea who he is. I know he's probably yeah. cute. He's probably like... I'm, yeah, I was about to say, I was literally about to say, I'm. Sh- I, he's probably just handsome. Literally. I know he's white, probably blonde. He's like dirty blonde tan? blonde. He's okay. Tan. He's like Okay, tan. enough about Cameron Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, Mean Girls. Back to Mean Girls. Um, yeah. An iconic movie. Iconic. And I want to, I want to hear from the, I want to hear from the people, honestly. Like, listeners why do you think mean girls is so iconic and why do you think it stayed with specifically queer people because obviously the movie is a good movie it's a good movie it's funny Mm -hmm. it holds up so that's why it's popular but like why specifically do gay people sort of like idolize it and and rehearse and reuse like some of the lines and some of the ideas Um, i'm very Mm -hmm. curious because i don't i don't know i think it's like the high school thing like the the sort of like fantastical ridiculous high school that a lot of queer people want to like escape to because their high school experience maybe wasn't great or um the queer characters or the iconic women i mean like three hot women ruling the school who doesn't love that Mm -hmm. idea Mm -hmm. um and it's something that's been popular before clueless heathers same demographic the craft what'd you say the craft have you seen that movie no craft it's like (laughs) the craft is like um, honestly, we should watch it for the podcast. The craft is like um, Heather's with witchcraft. Oh, it's really, really. Did they make a reboot of? They it? just. I think they just made a sequel, and it's their oh. kids, or maybe it's a reboot. I don't really know. It sounds familiar. Um, but yeah. Oh, we have to watch it. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, everyone. I, when I was searching for this movie last night, I don't want to say anything that will incriminate me. But I was looking, I was not watching it the way that the government wants you to. Let's just say that. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I found this summary that is, is meaningless. So I'm just going to read it. Um, here it is. Mean Girls is the story of Katie Heron, who was growing up in remote African. She moved on Americans and started to familiarize high school life with how crestfallen. Katie felt too strange when people in the school were divided into groups with the different interests and different personalities. Katie close-knit with two friends to learn about the plastics. Group of aristocrats, girl. They were planning to Katie was spying to joining in the group. (laughs) That's my favorite line. From that, Katie became a mean girl, really, and lost innocence. Wow, Mm -hmm. that's... 
I like that. <laughs> I just know that that summary was in a different language. Polish. And then copied and pasted, put into Google Translate. Copied and pasted, put into Google Translate. Copied and pasted, <laughs> put into Google Translate. And then it ended up somehow in English. Yeah, it's like Polish to Ukrainian to Japanese to English to English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. nonsense. But shall you give us a real summary? Um, I would love to. Oh so God, teenage Katie Heron, um, played by Lindsay Lohan, was educated in Africa by her scientist parents. When her family moves to the suburbs of Illinois, um, K- Katie finally... I was about to say Caddy. I was about to be the plot of the movie. Um, <laughs> Katie finally gets to experience public school and gets a quick primer on the cruel tactic... Is, is that the word? Okay. Tacit? Um, tacit, tacit maybe. I don't know. Um, of popularity that divide her fellow students into tightly knit cliques. She unwittingly finds herself in the good graces of an elite group of cool students dubbed the Plastics. But Katie soon realizes how her shallow group of new friends earned this nickname. I sort of love that they're called the Plastics. I love that. It's kind of iconic that they, I'm assuming it started off as an insult, but like they own it. They reclaim You know it. what I mean? Because we often see like people on, um, on social media being called like, oh, you're so plastic mm. when they have like, like Madison Beer. Often like people are like, oh, you're so plastic because of all the makeup, plus surgery, et cetera, et cetera, or whatever. Um, yeah. But like. Here they like are the, owning it. It's sort of a misogynistic insult. Like, oh, you only care about your appearance, so you're a Barbie. Or you're... I think mm-hmm. that's sort of what it is. Um, and, and now I'm just thinking about it. What What is it about groups of three popular girls? In every movie, it's the same... I cannot tell you a single group of three girls from high school, specifically three girls who were, like, popular or whatever. It was always either a group of, like, eight or two best friends. Yeah. What is it with three girls? I don't know. I feel like, like in our high school, at least, well, first of all, our high school was not very clicky, especially by like sophomore, junior year. I feel like we sort of aged out of that. And like definitely by senior year, it sort of felt like it was like one big friend group, sort of. Don't say I mean, there were, I mean, for me, because like I was friends with like mostly everybody. Okay, because you were around. because I, I was a rat. <laughs> um, one, one of these days we need to go through. Honestly, we could talk about the high school hierarchy in this episode. We could. Since, you want to explain uh, what a rat is? Just, just explain okay. that. So there's like multiple steps of this high school hierarchy that like me and like my friends came up with. Amelia. Um, Let's give Amelia a shout me, out. Me and Amelia came up with uh, senior year. So there's like a rat which like goes to all the different um they, they go to all the different steps so like the top is like gold trophies and then the bottom is like the sewer the so sewer. like a rat goes like everywhere including the sewer and, and then there were you. mice who go everywhere except the sewer because mice that was me i was mm-hmm. a mouse i went up and down i was mostly on the ground floor <laughs> i was mm-hmm. girl i was definitely not in the sewers with you <laughs> I just was. I just wanted to be nice to everybody. 
You were you were not about to turn down any friend, and you know what? Mm-hmm. I can't also, I was that. not about to turn down a vote for prom queen. No, no, you were running a four. You were running a twelve-year-long campaign from the second mm-hmm. you entered kindergarten to. Senior Could you year. imagine if when I won, I like broke, <laughs> yeah. I broke the crown into little pieces, <laughs> bitch? Oh my god, I would never. Oh my god, you're never. a real life Katie Herman. You did win prom queen. I true. It was such a choice, and I love, like, oh, break the symbol of female oppression because the crown is what mm-hmm. keeps us pitted against each other. That's kind of, mm-hmm. I like that. Um, but realistically, girl, just take the crown home. Don't put on a show. Yeah. And the teacher even kept saying, the principal was like, Katie, get off the stage. <laughs> like, normally, people don't make speeches, like, just stop. <laughs> I'm dead. You should have made a speech. Oh I should have made a speech. I should have I made a speech. That, that would have been, been iconic. iconic. Nick and they just like they just gave you prom queen and like moving on. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to give us a fun fact about this mutiny? Um, yeah. Um, Amanda Seyfried is that how you spell? Is that how you say her name? Amanda Seyfried, I think. Okay, it doesn't matter. Amanda Blank, who plays <laughs> Karen, uh, auditioned and tested for the role of Regina. Her take was much more cool and ethereal than Rachel McAdams' take. Yeah. You know, I honestly, I don't know if I could see her. As Regina, just I, because she's like so nice, and like especially in like Les Mis and Mamma Mia, like she's just so like innocent, and she has those big eyes, you know. I think well because that's what the when I was reading and writing that fun fact, the director said that she was not as intimidating. She was. Mm-hmm. I, I can see her playing like a very like nonchalant Regina, like mm-hmm. like bitchy in like a like a casual way. Um, and like sort of like um like I don't know too cool I don't know how to describe it I can see it for her but no I feel like Ra- what Rachel McAdams does so well is she she balances like the the seeming genuine with the obviously not being genuine which is I feel like is really hard to act like act really nice because you're being really nice to someone but it's like layered with manipulation um that's a hard that's a hard fucking role and specifically I think most of the people on Broadway who've done that role have not lived up to it. There's this one singer named Taylor, is it Taylor Louderman? Or am I mixing up people? There's this one girl who's like sort of young. She's like maybe a year younger than us. And she played Regina on Broadway. Her voice is amazing. She did the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I don't know her name. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, and everyone's like, she sounds great, but she, Regina is such an important role because it pushes the movie forward. Um, and if you can't carry that, like, girl, I don't care. I feel like that would be a bigger acting role than a singing role. Like Vivian mm. and uh, in Legally Blonde, very much Gee. that. Like our good yeah. friend Megan did an amazing job in that in high she, school. She really fucking did. She yeah. really did. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and you know what I was thinking as well? Only Lindsay Lohan could have played Katie. That role, that part is so unlikable. She is uh-huh. awful. She's sort of annoying. She's like, she thinks she's so smart. She thinks she's so nice. Like she thinks she's all these things. Um, and only Lindsay Lohan could have played her and made us like her and made us like, mm-hmm. cause Lindsay Lohan is so motherfucking charming. Um, mm-hmm. Like in Paratrap. In Paratrap and Freaky Friday and everything that yeah. she does. Oh, I love Freaky Friday. We will be watching. We will. Mm-hmm. Um, you're frozen. You're frozen on Zoom. <laughs> um, you're We're going to take a picture of what you look like right now. It's a little, little, little ridiculous. 
Oh, you unfroze. Damn it. Right. I was going to take a picture of how wild you froze. You, you. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Oh. He, he, he. Can I give you a fun fact number two? Oh, yes, please. Amy Poehler, who is a queen and plays Regina's mom, wrote Kevin G's iconic rap. So Tina Fey wrote most of the movie, but Amy Poehler specifically wrote Kevin G's rap. And there is a video of her somewhere performing Kevin G's rap. And that makes me really happy. I love love her. She's so Um, funny in this movie. Kevin G is an underrated character in this movie, I feel. He does. When we did it, he he was not played by a person of color. I know the person who played Kevin G in the play that we did. He was white. Let's just get that out there. Very He's probably. engaged now. I saw that. I mm-hmm. saw that. I was going to text everybody, but... <laughs> when people in, our, people in our high school, I'm so sorry, you're not allowed to get pregnant or engaged. I can't handle it. I cannot. I'm 10. Not for <laughs> at least another five years. Right. Firstly, I can't think about that. And secondly, I'm so... Fu- I'm... I'm 10 years behind everyone else. I don't <laughs> I don't want to think about that people are getting married. <laughs> no way. Um fun fact number 3. Um wait, what? Fun yeah, fact I number know. 3. Lindsay Lohan had over 50 costumes in this movie. That's a I, lot of really? costumes. This movie yeah. I feel like it isn't that long. She had 50 costumes and the other plastics had like 30. Wow. That's, That's crazy. a lot. It's a lot of costumes. I mean, I guess like fashion is kind of important in this movie, and like oh, they do have good. a pretty good like stress on like. I feel like it's a it's a popular girl trope to like not be an outfit repeater. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. Wow, that's so crazy. No, totally, and and you're totally right because the fashion it defines Katie's transition from like weird outsider to like part of the in crowd back to being weird like you see that through her fashion like she starts out you know wearing like the cut the boot cut jeans and the mm-hmm. like the flannels like she's very casual and then she's she and then that one scene at the party she's wearing like that really slim fitting black dress oh my god Lindsay Lohan looks so hot in this movie Jesus. yeah and I loved her um I loved her Halloween costume it's a great I costume. feel like a lot of people yeah also, the the plastics, their Halloween costumes. I feel like Iconic. that was revolutionary because like Duh, everyone did that. Okay, wait, <laughs> me right now, dumb. You really right now. You wearing your <laughs> cat headphones? Um, no, a hundred million thousand percent. I think it it must have happened before this movie. I was mm-hmm. not going to parties in two thousand one. I was two, um, mm-hmm. but you know. I think it was happening before it must have because that joke seemed referential. Um, uh-huh. But, 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 duh, I'm a, I'm a mouse, duh. Like that, that line and sort of like, it must have reignited it because everyone just puts on cat ears or mouse ears. Yeah. And now still, you can, to this day. Uh, and now people do it unironically all the time still. And people do it ironically with Mean Girls, which is sort of makes it unironic. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it happens all the time. No, this movie... I can't stress it. This movie's like, like, I think it's, it hit the right group of people like our age. Like, our mm-hmm. age and maybe a couple years older know every line. This is their movie. And it's interesting because this came out when we were like six. But it just yeah. was like something that was shown constantly on TV. And, and we had so many chances to watch Wasn't it. Wasn't it? Um, didn't it flop in the box office? And then it became a cult classic? I don't know. I definitely don't think it was like 
a blockbuster hit. I and probably uh-huh. did fine. It probably did fine, but it's made its made its due forty times over. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Lindsay Lohan never has to act again, and she's not because yeah. of all the fucking revenue she's still making from Mean Girls. She has. Yeah, to. I mean the merch, the the musical, like Team. so many TikToks, like I still see about it. It's insane. It really is. Um, which is why we're we're so excited to talk about it. Um, with a very special guest. Uh, who is coming up right after this break, Miss Bronwyn Windham Burke of the Real Housewives franchise. Eee! I'm excited to talk ooh. to her. Ooh, ooh. Every time we get to talk <laughs> to a guest, I'm like, are they sure? <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want to join this train rock? Are you, are you sure you want to be? But you know what? We're making history, honey. They're yeah, lucky. Yeah. They're lucky. Anyway, let's. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and then she's going to be right back. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, so we are back, and we are so, so excited to have this amazing guest on Rainbow We Watch this week. She is the host of Amplified Voices on IGTV and the first openly gay Real Housewife on Real Housewives of Orange County. It's Bronwyn Windham Burke. Hello. Hi, guys. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much We're for so being here. We're so glad on. to have you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing good today. Mm-hmm. Is it is it nice and warm where you are? Because it's not by us. Yes. Yesterday and today, it feels like summer. Like, this is why we live in California for how the last two days have been. It is uh, perfect. We are beyond jealous. It's been windy. It's been rainy up in New York. Um, let me come. Okay. We, have, <laughs> yes, we don't have any bedrooms left, but we have some couches you're welcome to. Perfect. Amazing. I'll sleep outside. I'll sleep outside <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Um, but it's so nice to finally meet you in person after, you know, being, we're so flirty on Instagram, you and me. Mm. You, you are cute. Them... <laughs> I like boys, you totally be my type. Oh, wow, really? <gasps> oh my God, Dan, a little concubine moment for Dan. Yeah, exactly. My head's getting real big right now, so we have to, we have to stop. <laughs> um, but I would love to know, because like I mentioned, you are the first openly gay Real Housewife, which I just have to say, firstly, congratulations. And secondly, um, thank you so much for, for being so open and honest about your experience. I'm sure it can't be easy um, with how much, like, how famous you are and how, like, public your life is. So just, like, thank you from, from the queer youth. Um, and, and everyone for, for doing that. It's really, really amazing. I mean, it's been a year. It's been a year for everyone. Obviously, 2020 was something that we collectively had to get through. But honestly, when I look back at 2020, it's going to be with really good memories because I think it took having this whole pause for me to go, you know, one, get sober, but two, to come out and to be like, look, this is who I am. I don't, life is short. I think we all realize life is short. And I don't want to live half a life anymore. 
Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people at similar experiences. Like I see a lot of uh, people on TikTok saying quarantine and this moment of this moment of introspection and self reflection. they made them realize that they were bisexual, gay, trans. And, you know, at least that's one silver lining of this time. I think, I mean, there's a lot of silver linings. I think we all realized what was important, our family, our friends. You know, we definitely, as a world, slowed down. Um, And I think for me, it was just sort of like, you know, I spent 43 years trying to convince everyone, including myself, that I like the life that I have on Instagram is real. Mm. You know, and let's be honest, no one was living the quarantine dream. No one was doing okay. I think it was sort of like, you know what, what am I doing anymore? Like, who am I trying to show that everything's fine? It's not fine. Nothing's fine right now. Mm. Uh, What do I have to lose? Oh, absolutely. And, and you mentioned a little bit about um, like becoming sober and how that, did that have any impact on like your decision to come out or, or how did that play play a factor? Absolutely. I think for me, and I think this is pretty indicative of a lot of people in the LGBTQIA plus community. You drink to numb things out. You know, there's some hard truths. Well, I'm not, I don't want to look over there. I'm not today. I'm just going to go have a cocktail instead. Mm. So, you know, I, I drank, I shopped, I went on vacations, I planned parties. I did anything to not have to deal with myself. You know, it's so easy to just tune out when you can. And here I am, I'm sober, so I don't, I'm not medicating myself anymore. And, you know, I'm in a program where rigorous honesty is sort of the key component of it. And I'm yeah. sitting here making a list of resentments. And it kept coming back to a lot of it was with my husband and the fact that I like women and we were fighting a lot. And once we kind of got that elephant out of the room for lack of a better word, cause he knew I was, he always thought I was bi. Like he always knew I liked women that that's always been a thing, but like, um, I mean, there was just so much that happened in such a short amount of time, you know, like I, yeah. I literally was quarantining with my best friend and I fell in love with her. Whoops. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I didn't plan on that happening and it did. And it just sort of, all these things came to the surface mm. and instead of drinking or shopping or going to a party, we had to confront them. Absolutely. You had to face, face your demons for lack of a better word. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. And and yeah, I feel like you're absolutely right. A lot of queer people um, do have issues with substance abuse um, in the time when they're coming out or coming to terms with themselves, because it's it's hard to to face um, the truth about things, especially in this world that we live in, where it's not the easiest to be open and and uh, out. Especially on the Internet and in celebrity culture. You know, it's so true. I work for a network that really um, sexualizes and sensationalizes female and female relationships. You've seen it on other shows. It's not, It's never been like, oh, okay, this is cool. Um, and I knew that was gonna be a part of it. So if you look at the uh, season 14, I kind of dipped my toe into it. I was like, there's a scene where I'm with Gina in the hot tub. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, sometimes I'm with women. And it's like, hey, I was like, never mind, I'm straight. You know, like <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> my bad. You know, I definitely, tested the waters and what I got back was not pleasant. When I kissed Tamara last season, Mm. that was the hardest two weeks of social media trolls. People didn't like that. That was not okay. So, but you know what, who cares anymore? Who cares? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And that's, and that's, what's really inspirational about it is that the reality is that a lot of queer people still face, 
you know, stereotypes or marginalization or what have you, but to just like say, fuck it, like I can't, I can't hide this anymore is really amazing. Um, and, and you know, a lot of the discourse that I've seen online or some of the discourse I should say about you and coming out has been a lot of people sort of questioning you coming out and your decision to come out and, and the validity of it, um, which I have to say like is really upsetting to me that here's someone who is out and proud and happy and still living the same life that you were living before. Um, and people like are pushing back against you and sort of questioning you, which I, I found it really awful. Like, has that, has that been a part of the, the social media response for you? I mean, in all honesty, I tune out a lot of the social media. I have someone that does it for me. I don't pay attention to it because it's just noise. Perfect. You know, like it's not real. That's not my real life. Did I know that when I gave the GLAD interview that I was going to have people saying that? Absolutely. Mm. Um, I wasn't prepared for how many women wrote to me and saying, you have a good man at home. You should be happy. I was like, that's not how this works. Yeah. That's I have a point. great man at home. I, know. I love Sean. He's my best friend. That's not the point. I shouldn't have to make myself smaller. I get a lot of, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I'm like, well, what the hell do you do with cake then? Like mm. I eat cake, so <laughs> screw you. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, and I do think in their defense, we weren't filming a lot. So you go from us having a vow renewal to we're not filming. Mm. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. And even though we were self-filming, it's not the same. So you didn't get the story arc. You didn't get my relationship with my best friend. You didn't get, you know, Sean having an affair, me dating another woman, me falling, you know, into like head over heels for this girl. You didn't see all that on the show. You saw vow renewal, I'm gay. And it's like, wait, what just happened? So hopefully if I come back next year, I think once they see the actual progression because you guys saw it in one episode that mm. was five or six months so mm -hmm. you know i kind of get it because i haven't explained it um, yeah. not really i'm not allowed to talk about it yet they've asked me to keep this to myself so there's a lot of unanswered questions and i think once people really understand what actually was going on they might not like it but at least they'll know that like oh, okay this this isn't made up for tv exactly and, and okay you go Lou. I'm sorry. Uh, Dan and I were saying that like a lot of this like lesbophobia is rooted like directly in misogyny and how women just in general aren't taken seriously from like medical issues to in the workplace to even down to their sexualities. And it also comes from this idea that like, like there's a part of biphobia where like all bi men are seen as gay and all bi women are seen as straight. And it comes from this idea that like we should all compulsively be attracted to men because they are the center of the patriarchy. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to grab something real fast. Wait, mm -hmm. hold that thought. Cause no, it couldn't be more perfect. Will do. <laughs> I'm excited. I love a good prop. Oh yeah. <laughs> what you gonna bring? What you gonna bring? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, show and tell. <laughs> On Wednesdays we smash <gasps> the patriarchy. Wow, that could not be more. That is perfect. Oh my God, how on brand. Sorry, I just I couldn't not share that. On Wednesdays, we smash the patriarchy. That is a great I shirt. I not agree with you guys more. We are in this culture that 
just puts men on a pedestal. Men are afraid of women being with each other. Men are afraid of, you know, bisexual men. Cause honestly, I think there's, why do we have this toxic masculinity in our culture? It's yeah. fear-based for one. We all know it's fear-based. I think men are a little bit afraid of women because they mm -hmm. should, you know, like, <laughs> you know, if you give us a little bit of power, we can run the world. Um, mm -hmm. But I've actually had more backlash from women, middle-aged white women specifically. Wow, that's really interesting. And you know, you made a comment about how people were sort of saying, well, you have a great man and you have this and that. So, and it's just like this, it's the same issue of like centering, not your experience, not whatever, but the fact, but, but a man, like, yeah. although Sean is amazing and, and great. Um, it's yeah. still like, it's the same thing. And think about it, from the time we're little kids with Disney movies, that's the goal. Everything we watch mm -hmm. is about getting the guy. We are, I think it's only in the last few months I've seen movies for young people where there's two women together, you know? Vinnie mm -hmm. um, and Georgia is a great representation of that. One of the main characters is, yeah. is you know, a young gay girl and watching her lose her virginity to another woman was amazing to me, you know, because it, it was real life. So from the time we're little, we're indoctrinated in tutus and football. And it's like, pick one. And I think, I hope your generation at least is starting to understand there's more than straight and bi and gay. There is a whole realm and we need to get rid of the labels. We need to get rid of coming out. Like that shouldn't yeah. be a thing anymore. You shouldn't have to go. I shouldn't have had to do an interview saying I like women, but I, you know, I did. Oh, mm -hmm. totally. No, I could not agree more. Um, mm -hmm. it, that culture of it's, it's, and we talked about this before on the podcast, but about othering queerness that like to be queer, you are different and now you have to declare it. I think that's very antiquated. And, you know, we started this podcast because all of this media that we used to watch was not, was not showing us good queer or trans representation. It was very sort of blanket. Um, and now we're like rewriting what we used to watch and sort of interpreting it in our own ways. But absolutely now I think of like Booksmart. Um, which I don't know if you've seen that movie, but it shows a really great yes. relationship. Yes, I did. Between two young queer women, um, which is just so wonderful to see. Um, and, and I have a question also about um, your kids, um, because I, I learned that you actually have um, queer children, which is so cool and must speak to you as a parent and like the culture that you've created in your house. Um, that, that they felt comfortable to do that. So like, how, how is it being a queer mom with queer kids? Like, how, how is that? I think it's so easy in our house because when, from the time our kids were little, we're not pushing them into football or dance. You know, my son danced, my girls played soccer. We let them choose who they are. And from the time they're little, it's like when you grow up, you, you know, you can marry a man or a woman. We have never put that pressure on them to identify as male or female or to assume that they're gonna be with the opposite gender. So in mm -hmm. our home, it's always been very fluid, you do you. And I think giving them that space to find themselves really when they're young, very young, has made it so that when I kind of came out, cause they, they knew I, had, I dated women too. They knew that I had, had been with other women. It was never an issue. So, you know, when, when my queer child was like, oh, this is, you know, I, um, you know, was with a, another woman. I was like, wait, <laughs> you know, like it just wasn't 
an issue. There was no coming out. It was just very natural in our conversations, which is how I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, a couple of themes Dan and I uh, talk about on the show is how queer people are most robbed of a childhood. So it's really wonderful that you give your children such freedom of expression and the ability to be uh, uh, whoever they want from a young age, because we often find ourselves hiding who we are until adulthood, and that comes with a lot of trauma. I mean, I think for me, I've learned the most from my son. You know, Jacob right now is questioning, you know, his if he identifies as male or female, and just giving him the space and the grace to say, okay, you know, what do you want from us? I, I need a little time. I need a little space. Okay, done. Like not making a big deal of it, just sort of part of the conversation and then talking with our little kids. You know, you can use either pronoun with Jacob, your choice. You know, that's what he asked for. So it's just, and to see the little ones, you know, just embrace it so easily. For them, it's not even, it's like, okay, cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And then to surround them with people that go by they or them. And it's not an issue and it's not different. Of course, I know, you know, people that identify as male who wear makeup, that's normal in our house, mm-hmm. you know, whereas other people I know would not be okay with that. And that that's mm-hmm. sad, that's sad. It is. Yeah, well, it's so wonderful that you're so accepting and and you, you make sure everyone's welcome no matter how they feel, what they do. Right, right. It's, it's I will say too, the one thing I'm so grateful for is the school that my older children went to, to performing arts school, they, everyone is accepted just the way they are. You know, when mm. Jacob showed up in heels and a dress and makeup, nice outfit, that was it, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And that, that is a mom, I think means a lot because having them safe at home, but then also having them safe with their peers is something that I will never take for granted. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Cause you can cultivate a great environment, but then the second they go and someone bullies them or, or right. sort of stereotypes them. Yeah, it's awful. And um, I think what really strikes me the most about what you've been saying is that you removed like expectations for your kids. Like, I think that's what holds a lot of queer people back is older people and people around them saying, this is what we expect from you. And then when you put that expectation on a child, if they're not following through with it, you know, they feel guilty or or upset or they feel like they're going to let you down. So um, I, I really appreciate that style of parenting. And I hope as we move forward, more people adopt it because it really is wonderful. And clearly, um, you know, there's a lot of really wonderful things going on in your house. So um, I think that's amazing. I do see steps for people, especially with pronouns, you know, um, on the first day of school at my kid's school, what pronoun do you go by? Just something as simple as that or introducing yourself. Hi, my name is Bronwyn. I go by she, her, because everyone should say that, not just people that, you know, identify as a gender that maybe they weren't born. I was like, let's just make this the norm. It's not hard. It's not hard to be inclusive. It's just yeah. little things that normalize it, you know? Um, and I think obviously representation in media is huge right now. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it going. You know, let's have, let's have gay people playing gay people. Let's have trans people playing trans people. Thank you. You know, like this isn't rocket science. This is yeah. very easy, you know? And, um, I'm, I'm excited that people are finally starting to catch on that what you see, what you read matters. Mm-hmm. You are so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but you're, you are so, so right. Um, with representation, it counts. And we notice, like we notice when there's a lack of it. We notice when we're being represented and when we're not. And that brings me really nicely into Mean Girls because um, not only is it a movie that I think resonates with the queer community and is still something that a lot of people quote and sort of dress up as for Halloween. I mean, you just pulled out a, on Wednesdays, we smashed the patriarchy. Right. <laughs> um, but it also does have a lot of gay themes in it and a lot of queer characters and queer narratives, um, which makes it really interesting. Um, but before we get into it, I just wanna know, why do you love Mean Girls? Like what about Mean Girls makes oh, you love okay. it? Okay, this, let me just say, <laughs> I have grown a lot in the past 30 years. So when Mean Girls first came out uh, 15, 20 years ago? It was like 2004. No, 20 okay, so people jokingly, called me and said they made a movie about you and your friends in high school. Like people I went to high school with. I wasn't nice in high school. Um, mm. That whole scene where she wasn't allowed to wear the hoops. The I, gold hoops. Yeah, no one was allowed to wear silver at my school because that was my color. Like we were those girls. Mm. We were so insecure that we were those girls. So, uh, and now I know that. And I've made amends to everyone I went to school with back then, I, I have. Um, but so when I first saw it, I was sort of in a joking way, like, ha ha, you know, we were not the nicest popular group of girls. Um, but then as you know, I saw it and then I watched it with my kids because I read the book. It was based on queen bees and wannabes mm -hmm. because Bella, my oldest in kindergarten was being bullied by a mean girl. And so the first time I watched it, I watched it as, you know, out of the eyes of the teenagers. The second or third time I watched it, I watched it as a mother wow. and you know, related it to my daughter who was being bullied by a Regina George at the age of five. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's and so, awful. Yeah, and so I read the book that it was based on and it was such a, a different way of looking at it. And then I've watched it with you know, other kids at different ages because yes, it's funny. Yes, we love it. But the, the points they make in that book are pretty poignant and timeless. It seems like it. That book seems very interesting. Um, and, yeah. and something that you just mentioned that I want to talk a little bit about is, you know, you mentioned that you you acted that way in high school because you felt insecure. And I feel like that that is a big part of Regina George's character. And upon rewatching it this time, because I haven't seen it in a couple of years, I noticed how like sort of central that was, that she's like hurt and she's clearly like not been raised like in a way that she was going to turn out well. Um, and I'm just so curious about you because, you know, you came out sort of later um, than high school. Did you know that you were queer in high school? And do you think that that influenced like how you navigated high school? In high school, I knew that I liked girls, uh, but I kind of just pushed it to the side of, you know, crazy night. We were drinking. Um, I definitely had an idea of what I wanted my life to be. And it was married in a house. I didn't have that growing up. I didn't have that family. And I wanted it so desperately. I wanted that nuclear family. So I kind of just was like, that's kind of the thing you do for fun on the side. Okay, you can have like a crazy threesome. You can make out with a girl, but then you're gonna go, you know, back to your boyfriend. Right. Um, I also grew up in a time where there was no representation of women that were gay that I could relate to. You know, the term dyke was still used and it wasn't used nicely, even in the movie Mean Girls. In the movie, yeah. Or being a lesbian is an insult. 
you know? And then at the uh-huh. end, they make it known that she's not. But like, she doesn't even want it said. And so I grew up with that, like, well, I don't want to be that. I don't wear flannel and I don't want short hair. I obviously can't be gay. I don't want that life. I don't want that. And if that meant I had to bury something and kind of only have a crazy weekend every now and then, fine. I wanted that nuclear family. Now, you know, 30 years later, because I got married, I've been with my husband since I was a teenager. I was 18. Wow. So, yeah. So, like, I didn't have a lot of time to explore it or whatever. I just went, I want a family. I want comfort. Let's get married and have a baby. Mm-hmm. And, and then once, once you have children, at least for me, I didn't really care about anything else. You know, my entire world was my kids. And my, like, me not being attracted to my husband wasn't any different than any of my friends that weren't attracted to their husbands. Because I feel like no one with small children wants to have sex with their husbands, really. Like, everyone <laughs> complained about it. So I'm like, oh, okay, this must be normal. Right. Um, you have other things to think about, like children. Like, like sleep, <laughs> you know? Like, much rather yeah. sleep. And, um, and then I always sort of had like a secret life, never from Sean. Sean has always known everything. We've never had secrets from each other. But then I would always have this like kind of secret crazy life on the side where I would go and be with women. And then I, you know, come back to my real, my real life. Quote unquote real life. Yeah, no, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that you didn't have a lot of queer women that, you know, you, you identified with. And what I think is, is really amazing about you is that you're queer and you have like a large family and you're, and you're I sort of have like an interesting relationship with your husband and, and so many things that I think people use as ammunition against you, I yeah. find to be really empowering because you're, you're living your truth and you're not doing anything else, which I think is, is awesome and is so important. I think mm-hmm. people would be a lot more comfortable if we got divorced. They'd be like, oh, well, then you should get divorced. And it's like, well, we also have seven children and we're best friends and we're a family. We've been together 26 years now, you know, like we get along great. We actually get along better. So why does, why can't we live in the same house in different bedrooms, be a family and then just, you know, be with other people like this work, this is working for us. Is it going to work forever? I have no idea. Well, why am I going to worry about something twice? Like, Mm -hmm. like you said, when we first sat down, how are you doing today? Well, today I'm good. Right. So why make up problems that don't exist yet? Right. Right now it's working. The kids are happy. I have no desire to have a two parent, two house life if I don't have to. Right. You know, we're getting and along. That's, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. that's how you want to do it. And I think people have this urge to be like, you're gay. Oh, so prove it. Like, prove it to me. It's like you you own nothing to no one. So mm-hmm. kudos but, to you for just being like, the fuck people it. That I have to prove it to. I, you know, I have. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you have. <laughs> yes. They don't question it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on period. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't need to fit into anybody's box of what a lesbian looks like or acts like. You're existing as a lesbian. That's how a lesbian acts, just yeah. as a normal person. Sorry. Yeah, I have to like I have someone I'm seeing right now that I like to be with and it's great. And she knows, you know, she knows Sean and it's everyone's, there's complete honesty and transparency. Everyone knows what's going on. Everyone's an adult right. and it's working for everyone. That's all mm-hmm. that matters. And, and going back to the movie just a little bit, you mentioned something that you took the words right out of my mouth that Janice, you know, this whole movie is so afraid of the secret coming out that 
that there are a rumor, I should say, that she's a lesbian. And it's 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 what I noticed about the movie is is how they sort of weaponize being queer as like something you have to like fight against or it's sort of like she had to say like, oh, I'm not. And it's like, oh, thank God, like big revelation. I, I don't know if that like has aged super well. Um, I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I don't think it's aged very well. And I think it's really detrimental to young girls because it's like being called gay isn't bad. Like that should be like, yeah, I'm a lesbian. And, right. you know, and I think like if you look at more recent movies, we do get more of that, but why was it so bad to be gay? Mm-hmm. Right. What, what, ha- what happened to make, I d- yeah. yeah. And it, I do remember though, growing up that if someone had called me like, oh, you're a, you're a dyke, it would have been an insult, not a compliment. Mm-hmm. Especially that word, which is, is very loaded. Yeah, um, it is. And like, we don't use that word anymore for a reason, but that was the word that I grew up hearing and yeah. knowing mm-hmm. that I didn't want to be that. No, mm-hmm. I, I I agree. And when I was in high school, yeah, if someone said like, oh, you're gay, you're queer, whatever, I'd be like, huh? What do you No, No, not at all. And I would, yeah, I would take it as an insult because, you know, obviously it's sort of different when you're a queer person, like trying to figure it out, but even just in general. um, So I think there is like a little bit of truth to that. Like a high schooler who's straight would be afraid of everyone saying that she's a lesbian. But also I feel like that's not the take we need in a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. No, regardless of what's happening, what we need to see is girls that are owning it, that are secure, that have parents that love them, and most importantly, at that age, friends that accept them. Mm-hmm. That's why I love that movie, Georgia and Ginny, or Ginny and Georgia, because she's popular, her parents love her, and it's just, it's, you know, it's like I always talk about Shit's Creek, how it's just not an issue. Right. You know, and it's like, that is not the world we live in, but at least let's try to create it so it becomes the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I would love to see a Mean Girls set in 2021, and I would love to see how they tackle queerness. Just kidding. What'd you say? <laughs> that. It's called Real Housewives of Orange I was County. Gonna, I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> I got to live it here. Right, right, right. You know, I was actually, as I was watching it, I was thinking, I would love to know where they all ended up. Mm. Mm. you know like because you know like the old thing that if you peak in high school like your life is gonna suck like i you know i'm like hmm, i wonder where regina is now or katie or like mm-hmm. where did they end up yeah like that's a really good mm-hmm. i feel like regina george i feel like she owns like an auto shop i don't know something really I don't know, <laughs> something really I random if regina actually ended up being queer that's why she was so mean about it you she know what hiding something you're totally right. I feel like yeah. Gretchen, Gretchen, I feel like she's the same. <laughs> 20 years uh-huh. later. She's is she uses that pink filter on Instagram, that millennial pink feature. <laughs> yes. All the pictures are perfect, but she's popping Percocet and drinking wine at like noon. Yeah. <laughs> I think True. you're right. <laughs> yeah. A very detailed and accurate insult. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think Katie, pro- well, poor Lindsay, but I think Katie probably right. ended up the most normal she married like a nice guy. She has two kids and they travel. And- yeah, she's mm-hmm. in Africa again. She went back. Yeah. Um, like wait, so if if you were, cause you 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 did it, not me. You said Real Housewives is like Mean Girls. Um, which Mean Girl would you be? Would you be the Regina, the Gretchen, the Karen, or the Katie? I would be the Katie. Mm. I think people are trying to paint me out as the Regina, but I'm not, I'm actually really nice. You don't seem uh, like a Regina at all. Yeah, no, no I'm not. 
I know who Regina is. It's not who a lot of people think it would be, but <laughs> I, I know who she is. Mm -hmm. okay. Subtle tea, subtle jack. <laughs> we won't push that for any any further, but I feel like <laughs> I, I hear you. Um, I think I'm a Gretchen. I don't know. I feel, <laughs> I did five I feel like I'm also a Gretchen. Dan and I, we gossip, we gossip. Yeah. <laughs> I like her. Gretchen. I know justice for Gretchen. She just needs some love. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. No. Totally. And uh. You know. As far as like other queer queer elements of this movie, um. We can't obviously not talk about Damien, right? Um. Who's really important. And and I have like I'm balancing two things right now. One is I think he's really important, and I think he's very truthful and. I like sort of what you're saying with Shit's Creek. He's gay, but it's it's almost not mentioned. Like it is certainly they they talk about it, but it's not like anyone cares about it. Um, right. And then on the flip side, it's like he's very stereotypical, like gay man, you know, like very flamboyant, does theater, sings, um, and and people do mention it. Like they say that he's too gay to function. So whereas maybe no one cares or is judging him for it, they're still like mentioning it and and identifying him as gay. Um, how did I don't know how did when you were watching the movie last night like how did you feel about that i definitely thought the two gate of function is something that we wouldn't use now um and i think that stereotype of the over-the-top gay guy was what we were all used to mm. for so long um but for the time he was that safe gay best friend mm -hmm. you know which like every girl wanted, everyone wanted that gay best friend. And that was something that, you know, was acceptable almost yeah. at the time. So now I don't think it would translate well, but I think for mm -hmm. the time it was so progressive. You know, he's hanging out in the girl's bathroom and they're all just talking and it's normal. And I think it was sort of, those were the steps we had to take to get people who weren't comfortable, comfortable. Because no. yeah. if you had, you know, the, the football player as the gay guy, a lot of, you know, conservative households would not have been okay with that. Like you, if you're gay, then you have to go into that box. Theater, yeah. top, love to wear pink. You can't be the football player that, you know, is just quietly sitting in the corner reading books. Exactly. And we talk mm -hmm. a lot about like, how, how did the media of this time, like, present queerness and make it palatable almost because um you know it wasn't super accepted and i think you're right is that in a lot of senses it's only okay to show a gay character if they fit very neatly in the stereotype and if they don't then it's sort of like what what's going on here and i feel like now we're getting representation where queer people are like all different shades and all different colors um but yeah certainly back then um i don't know but but he is like i think damien is a really important character to a lot of Me gay men too. who identify with him I think also just being in high school and being accepted and showing that at that time, you know, that, that matters. It matters. Absolutely. It's almost like a double, a double edged sword of the time, because yes, we have that representation, but this stereotype does affect the queer community negatively. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I mean, there's a lot about that movie that wouldn't translate well to, you know, there was oh, a lot yeah. of stereotypes that when I watched the, when I was younger, I was like, oh, wow, that just happened. Oh, you know, the, mm -hmm. the racism, not that that's what this is about. Like the, the ra I was like, oh, wow. No, yeah. I, okay. I Last huh. night, the first 10 minutes of the movie, they talk about Africa and being black. And if you're not African, you're not black and all that stuff. Like they made a lot of jokes about it. 
And I was like, oh no, am I not gonna like it after rewatching it? Um, it was, I think the movie got better, but there was a lot of sort of like- a lot. And how yeah. cool is it that we all noticed it now? That's, <laughs> I mean, that to me is progress because I mean, until like the last year, I probably, you know, now few years, I wouldn't have even noticed. So right. we're getting there. Cause now we're all like, oh, that was uncomfortable. That was uncomfortable. So at least yeah. now we know that's not okay. And I think that's the same thing with the queerness is, you know, even like, especially with trans people, I feel like that's a big thing right now is there was this thing that the trans people were these over the top flamboyant men dressed as women. That was it. And so now we're, oh, look at what Euphoria just did. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh my God, you're trans. I didn't even notice. And that's so, I think it's, you sort of have to go through all of that uncomfortability to get to the other side. And I'm hoping- <laughs> I love Euphoria. I I love Euphoria. I mean, it freaks me out. I love that. Teenagers, I was like, oh. Yeah, it's a bit show? much. Yeah. Like, yes, and I'm like, oh, okay. But <laughs> um, how they how they just dealt with so much, and the fact that young people are watching mm -hmm. that, I was like, this is good. This yeah, is good. yeah. I 100% agree. I love Euphoria so much, and like as a trans woman, I. I completely like identify with Jules and I find her her characterization very realistic. And I feel like if like again, if there was a Mean Girls set in in 2021, I feel like a Jules type character would be one of the Mean Girls. And I think that would be Amazing. just very interesting. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I think of um remember they did that Heather's reboot that everyone said was terrible. Did you hear about <laughs> that? They made, I like, did, yeah. It 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 didn't do do very well in in, in yeah, yeah yeah but there was like there was a gay Heather's and and the the Regina of the Heather's Heather McNamara or whatever her name is she was like sort of like butch so they did like mm -hmm. some interesting stuff with it but um again it didn't do very well on <laughs> TV so yeah <laughs> but no you're right I was um I was on Clubhouse recently you know the new app Clubhouse mm -hmm. and they were taught this was in a whole panel about representation in the media and I was just like. I'm so glad we're having these conversations. Let's keep having the conversations because if Hollywood goes, everyone will follow, you know? Yeah. And that's that's the truth. So we just gotta get Hollywood on board, you know? And I think hopefully reality TV can catch up. Mm -hmm. And I think it is. And, and you are quite literally like paving that road um, and making way for other people so that when they follow in their footsteps, it's a little bit easier. Um, and th that is, I think, why you're revolutionary and, and why I'm s I feel like I'm so honored to talk to someone like you. I mean, like, you're going to go down in history books, I think. Don't quote me on it, but you could. Yeah. As the, I mean, it will. I will always be the first gay housewife. Um, I kind of snuck in under the radar to get there. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know if they would have hired me if they had known. But... Uh -huh. um, Good. This is real life. This is, you know, this is 2020. Families come in a lot of different shapes, not just one man and one woman. Uh, I think there's been like 130 housewives so far at last yeah. count, 138 or something. You, I'm not totally sure. A lot. This is time. You know, it it's time. You know, we, this is time to say like, look, you can be gay and be a housewife. They're not mutually mm -hmm. exclusive. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I want the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. That's been on for like. 20 million seasons like hello i know and they did they did one show i don't know if you know you were the one do you know that show? i think that's what it's called um it's like 
you're you have like a perfect match and you have to figure it out week by week and they did a season where everyone was by or pan so everyone could potentially be attracted to another person instead of just like 10 boys and 10 girls who are attracted to each other it was very interesting mm-hmm. um but yeah you you are making history and i was thinking about this too like when you mentioned they probably wouldn't have hired you or they maybe would not have hired you um it's so interesting that the housewife like that label in and of itself is sort of heteronormative like the housewife has the assumption that there's a house husband i don't know a breadwinner right it is that you know the show was created on women that hung out at home and you know raised children and lived these aspirational lives which aspirational meant we shopped and played tennis and did really frivolous bullshit Mm -hmm. um and i think that has changed obviously a lot of the housewives are career women so like okay we made some steps that you can have children or not you know it's you don't have to be a woman doesn't mean you have to have children by the way yep it's a choice just like every other one um but also that you can be aspirational and be gay Mm -hmm. like it's not like oh i'm so sorry no this Mm -hmm. is actually awesome yeah, uh, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, like I get to sleep with women, and that's really great. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you said that, it. <laughs> that's aspirational for a lot of women out there. And when I did come out, how many people, women, wrote to me and said, "I've always felt this way too. I never could do it." Like, it, I was my DMs were with a lot of women that have been kind of living this secret life. Um, even yeah. people that I know that I've grown up with that I wasn't close to reached out to me and said. I've always felt that way too. I thought I was the only one. Mm. I mean, I think, I think women are starting to realize like we don't have to buy into that patriarchal bullshit of getting married, getting pregnant, and cooking dinner. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to do that, great. If that's your dream, go for it. But I tried it. If it wasn't for me, you know, right. I wanted something different, and that's okay. It's okay. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like you said with Damien, like you don't. There's not one box that you have to fit neatly into. It, I think it, it, yeah. My favorite thing is they were breaking boxes into confetti right now. Like, <gasps> oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that one if that's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we are we are reaching the end. It's been an absolute honor to talk to you. I have one last question, which is just, we always say at the end of our episode, we we pull out one moment from the movie or the TV show that sort of influenced us as a queer person, or we say like that made us queer. Um, was there any like particular moment or joke or sort of um, character that was important to you um, as a queer woman? I mean, I think it was mainly just the Tina Fey at the I mean, it wasn't about a queer person. It was just a humanitarian moment where mm. Tina Fey is talking to everyone. Have you ever done this? Have you ever done this? And just that moment of realizing we're not different. We're all the same. I think women are historically pitted against each other. Yeah. You know, there's something in us. It's like once, once again, it's that patriarchal bullshit where, you know, we're judging our looks or whatever, but that moment where they, for a brief time, all come together, because I think if women could stop tearing each other down and just keep lifting each other up and be like, you do you girl, you do you, I got your back. Mm. Um, instead of judging each other, then we could all just be our authentic selves. It's not Absolutely. hard. It's so easy. It's so mm-hmm. easy. You are right. Oh, that's a great, you know, that was a really great moment. Um, <laughs> I totally agree. The woman on woman crime or, or however Tina Fey said it, um, yeah. got to end. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, 
again, like, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has been amazing. And like I said, I think that you are an absolute inspiration, an icon, a legend, all of the things. Before we hop off, is there anything you'd like to promote or sort of shout out? I mean, the one thing that I'm working so hard on right now is the Amplified Voices, where I kind of turn my platform over to other people. We've had empowering women of color. We've had, uh, you know, transgender men, transgender women, just people talking about the disparities in healthcare between, you know, people of color and white people. That has been my pet project. I'm so grateful that I've had this opportunity to do that. I also have, you know, I'm newly sober. So I have a great community and I wanted to create that for other people that weren't just mm. dealing with sobriety, but with mental health issues across the board. And so um, in the last Sunday of every month, we have the mental health Zooms and we deal with OCD, bipolar, alcoholism. Um, we did a, one on LGBTQIA. I think yeah. next month we're doing on people that have been, you know, people of color that have, have been hated on for so long. So every month we do these things. It's a safe place. People come, they share their feelings, their anxieties. And it really is just this amazing community where it's, you know, it's not Bronwyn the housewife, it's Bronwyn the mom, Bronwyn the woman with anxiety, Bronwyn the recovering alcoholic, and people cry and people come close. And it's just a beautiful thing that I'm, I really wish everyone could sort of do this in their own community. So absolutely. Yeah, and you can find all that on your, on your Instagram or where can yeah, I find it? Yeah, on my Instagram, all of the Amplified Voices videos are on my IGTV. And then the mental health Zooms, we don't record for privacy reasons but they are at um, the last, uh, last Sunday of every month. Awesome. All right. Oh, it was such an honor. Oh, I had so much fun. This is so nice talking <laughs> to you. Finally meeting you. I know, <laughs> finally. I know. <laughs> Hope to talk to you soon. Um, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you, see you on the flip side. See you on the flip side. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love her. <laughs> um, she is... She is such a youthful spirit and like, oh my God, so funny. So funny. That was a really lovely conversation we had. And also I just like, oh, I feel so comfortable talking to her just cause she, you could really tell that like, she's not lying when she says that she's raising her kids in an open environment and comfortable. I'm like, I sense that um, mm -hmm. from her. Um, but that was so fun. That was such a lovely conversation. And we really did talk a lot about different queer aspects of this movie. I mean, there was so much. I think the only thing that we didn't talk about that I want to talk about is the fact that the actor who plays Aaron Samuels is now gay, which I find right. really funny because he's this super like mask, like easygoing, like football jock who doesn't, doesn't care about the aesthetic, doesn't care about if his girl is so in juicy couture or whatever. He just cares about her heart. Um, and he was like, let me just say, he is very handsome in this movie. He is. Undeniably. Now, mm -hmm. he's less handsome. You? <laughs> I'm what sorry. he this? Oh, my God. Aaron Samuels, whatever your name is, it's not, I would still have sex with you. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, no, I know he was I concerned can't anymore. That. Right. <laughs> Sorry about he, it. No, no, no. For sure. He was one of my, he was one of my crushes growing up. For sure. For and sure. I just love that. I love when like characters that a lot of people identify with straightness then come out as queer. I think that's so impactful because mm -hmm. you think of him this one way 
you think of him like as super mask and super straight and heteronormative or whatever. And then the fact that he's very much not, I think sort of sort of throws a wrench in everyone's mm -hmm. idea. Um, and it, it makes everyone like question our assumptions. Like you can act straight. Like it's not like that special. And mm -hmm. Mask for mask. Mask for mask. Oh, God. Um, who does Aaron end up with? I don't remember. Katie. Oh, really? For some reason, I don't know. I, I feel like I do remember. I literally just watched it yesterday, too. I'm like, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, the movie ends with them, like, slow dancing a prom together. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, I don't know. I guess I really ends. wasn't... Huh? Yeah. I said, that's not technically how the movie ends. The movie ends with those junior plastics almost getting run over. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. And that sort but, of sets up the sequel, almost. I did not see the sequel. I do not know anything about Don't the sequel. Don't watch it. It's bad. Okay, good. I wasn't going to anyway. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know what I also want to talk about in that prom scene? I have mixed feelings about. When Janice and Damien are, like, slow dancing and they kiss. Okay. I think there's two sides of this argument. I think you can interpret that as like queer because it's, it's Damien said he was gay and now maybe he's not and it's fluid and spectrum, which is sort of the way I interpret it. I interpret it as like funny, like, but I think a couple of people I've seen online, um, specifically the, there's someone on gender one, two, five blog to give them credit, um, wrote this like paper about it. Um, basically said that like that's the that's the show and the sorry the movie pushing towards heteronormativity that like these two characters one very openly queer one sort of like not so openly probably not queer but also Janice is probably bi um you know having them like end and doing a heteronormative act was I think their way of of like putting the what am I trying to say like, like, you know, like showing that the queerness is just like, whatever, but like the, mm -hmm. the heteronormativity remains. Um, I don't okay, know. Okay, but like, I, I do understand, but don't they like, don't they like, aren't they grossed out at each other after they kiss? They so are. Like, no, they definitely are. I do understand the argument though. I do. I do get it. Yeah, no, I do. I was just bringing it up, but not because I, I believe it. I think it's funny. I think it's quirky. Mm -hmm. um, I would I have rather Damien got a love interest. Yeah. I feel like it would have been easy for them to throw that in instead of that kiss, but... Right? It could have just been like, hi, I know we've made a lot of jokes at, at, at queer people's expense throughout this entire movie, but here's like a moment of representation. They would not mm -hmm. do that. It was 2004. I'm thinking mm -hmm. of like... Um, it's, it's interesting because it's like the polar opposite of Beauty and the Beast, the new one. Have you seen it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How, With like, like LeFou or something at yeah, the yeah. end. LeFou and Gaston, there's a lot of subtext. Um, interestingly enough, the actor who plays LeFou is straight, and the actor who plays Gaston is gay. Um, who is so sexy. He is, is fine. He's so sexy. As fuck. But there's this whole subtext, and at the end, like, LeFou has a moment of, like, he goes and, like, dances with a man. He's on screen for, like, seconds with uh, dancing with a, that man. A parasecond. <laughs> a pa and people, people banned that movie in, mm -hmm. like, the South because of that. Mm -hmm. And it's twenty twenty, and that came out in like 2018, 2019, wherever it came out. Mm -hmm. Um, there was no way. And in this movie where Damien was so openly gay, they they would have not. It's very interesting that they still did not give him that moment of happiness with his queerness. It was always like a joke at his expense, or 
like we're laughing with him being like a stereotype. Um, oh. and, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of pissed off about that now that you brought it up. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And there's like similar moments like that where it's just a quick little, little kiss like here and there, like in the newest Star Wars and in Avengers Endgame. They have these little moments that are very easy to like edit out so they can mm. still put mm. the movie in. In like not queer accepting areas, you know, right? Like, like I think of you know, everyone had that meme about you see Onward, the Pixar movie with the gay troll. Yeah, oh my god, with the ugly cop. Yeah, the ugly cop troll lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like one throwaway comment about how she had a wife. Like that was it. Like literally, she just yeah. said like my wife. That was it, and that was Disney being like representation our first gay character but then every every so often every single time they're like oh this is disney's new first gay character so like they know the other ones don't really count t every time disney uses it as capital they're like you're like i know a lot of queer people are gonna like this because a lot of people who like disney are queer or liberal and okay with it a lot of people also aren't like i'm thinking Mm -hmm. about this gina carano mandalorian thing where I see on every comment on a Disney thing, there is still, and it's months later, 10 to 30 people being like, I used to support you, and now I don't because Disney's getting too political. About firing someone who said that silencing Republicans is the same thing as murdering millions of Jews. Not even about being gay. And you think you're going to put a gay kiss on camera and all those people are going to still send Disney their money and go to Disneyland? No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're still 15 years away for them being like like a queer narrative in a Disney movie, um, mm-hmm. which is sad because because in fifteen years I won't be able to voice a, a Disney prince. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. That's why I wanted to write that book. Do you remember when I was telling you about me wanting to write that book? I was I thinking want, about like, it a trans Disney princess. Make it. You should still write it. Period. I just need you to find time. It. Right. Well, writing a book is sort of like a big deal. <laughs> yeah, take a lot of time. Um. Ma'am, would you like to tell me the moment that made you queer or moments or characters or whatever? Um, huh. I guess when I was watching it as a kid, I definitely wanted to be, I def- I always immediately uh, related to Gretchen. Mm. And I like saw a lot of myself in her just for like various reasons because like, I don't know if I wanted to be one of them, like, of, like, Gretchen, as we were saying earlier. Um, and obviously, like, Regina being, like, that, like, feminine, like, like, strong but feminine. I feel like this movie yeah. does a good job at, like, not masculinizing its strong women. Um, so that's really interesting. And, like, that was something I really was, I really uh, related to and really drew me in. Mm-hmm. So I guess those two characters, and then also Karen. So I guess all three of them in like their own different ways, um, yeah. really like pulled me into the to like understanding like womanhood and everything. Not so much, not so much Katie or Janice. Honestly, I don't know what I don't know why. I just I wasn't you. really. I just didn't really re- relate to them. Maybe I just didn't really care for their characters. Mm-hmm. I think the Mean Girls um, are iconic, though. Like we've been saying, they're iconic. And mm-hmm. even if, like, you're not a mean person, Bronwyn's not a mean person. Yeah. But there's still something about like 
identifying with the characters mm-hmm. in their in their in their ridiculousness, not in like the way that they bully people, but like they're 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 spectacular. And I think exactly what yeah. you said. They're very they're. Fi- <laughs> what was that noise? I yawned. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Too much to call you at. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're 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 powerful in their femininity. Um, yeah, and the movie doesn't shy away from that. Yeah. Um. What was a moment in this movie that made you queer? That oh God, brainwashed you. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. Seriously, I'm uh, I'm brain dead now because mm. of it. Um. I would say for me, I, I, Damien. I don't know. I think, you know, I I, I see a lot of people commenting, and, and that same person, gender one two five blog, said this that he's a very stereotypical depiction of a gay man. And he is, he absolutely is. That's not me. Like I, I do theater, Damien does theater. Like I'm queer, Damien's queer, but like the similarities sort of stop there. I'm not that flamboyant. I'm not that like, um, honestly, I'm not that confident. Um, but that's what inspired me. And that's what made me really identify with him or want to identify with him, I guess, is, is how confident and comfortable he was. Like, everyone was throwing gay jokes at him and and people in the school weren't like marginalizing him or whatever, but like, you know, Janice and Katie and whatever. Um, and he literally could not care less. There was not a moment of like, but everyone thinks I'm gay, but I am. And how do I deal with that? And I, it was just like, no, yeah, I'm gay. Yeah. You think I'm too gay to function? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like it was not like a defining trait. It was just who he was. And I think that was that his confidence is really inspiring. I think it inspired a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. One of my critiques of Damien is that he looks very, very, he looks like an adult compared oh, yeah, to everyone else. Big. Isn't he like much taller than everyone else or something? I just remember him being like, like just compared to all the other characters, he just looks a lot bigger. He looks yeah, like a tall. grown man. But he's tall and he's like, he's like um, a little bit bigger. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does have like an older energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like even Janice. Janice didn't look. Like Janice sort of acts like he. She sort of acts like a a college student too. Yeah, just like yeah. A, a little more mature. You know, a lot of. A, I think that's what they do. These these actresses were all twenty five to thirty. Like yeah, they were not, yeah, yeah. Like it's like hey, they can glee. It's even worse in Glee. If, if that can if that can be imagined, mm-hmm. um, like Damien and Finn give you the same energy of like looking a little, just a little bit out of place. Right, right. They're just, and it doesn't help that they're tall. Like Rachel McAdams, yeah. I think, also sort of looks old, not old, yeah. but she looks older. But because she's smaller and petite and whatever, she like you don't question it. Um, but Rachel yeah, McAdams is. I want to look like her. She is so pretty. Not oh only is she God. pretty, but she's such a good actress. She I'm really obsessed. is. And she's very, very versatile. She does all different genres. Exactly. No, she does everything. I am mm. I really do like her. I think she's awesome. And Amanda Let's Seyfried. get her on I'd the like pod. Let's get her on the <laughs> pod. Rachel McAdams with her millions of dollars. <laughs> Come and talk to some fags today. Um, Please. How would you rate this movie on our scale from twink to productive member of society? You know, honestly, I'd give it like... I'd give it like a gay art hoe who you know no, no, no. I give it um a gay man on Halloween wearing a red jock strap a, and a red cape and a red little crown and he's like oh I'm Scarlet Witch. 
<laughs> that's what I name it. And honestly, that's a 9.5. That is Whoa. As, that is as amazing as you can get. Really? Those type of gays are, are really doing it for you, I guess. <laughs> I just think Not they're funny. funny. They are funny. <laughs> no, yeah, okay. In a similar vein, I'm I am I'm gonna give it a a gay who dresses up like a like a sexy mouse for Halloween. Mm. It's like you probably shouldn't be doing this, but you still look really good, and I can't yeah. fight you for it. I may not like you, but I <laughs> you look it's like just a black leather harness, a black shock strap, and mouse ears. <laughs> right, right. Like, I'm a mouse. I'm a mouse. But no, yeah, that's like a. I will give this movie like a seven point five. Like it's mm-hmm. a solid seven point five eight for me. It's funny. It's entertaining. It's classic. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, genuinely, genuinely, Mean Girls is going to be one of the movies that define the two thousands. And you know how like we think of like The Wizard of Oz and and Citizen Kane and like these movies who like sort of like defined a time period. I think Mean Girls unironically will be included in that list of like great Uh movies not because it's like perfect or because it's a masterpiece but just because of how important it is and impactful it's just very quintessential that time period absolutely oh i mean for sure um and not a cell phone in sight were there any cell phones I did not even think no, about that. No, you know, the only was. phone scene I remember is with the landlines. Yeah, the three-way call. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very 2004. Um, no, I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. But it's a great movie, and um, who knows? Maybe it's so gay that maybe we'll revisit it again. Yeah. There is <laughs> I mean, just so much to unpack. There's too much to unpack. Um, but that brings us to the end. Huzzah! I have to Huzzah. be so bad. I don't know if you can see okay, me. Okay, same, like same. Dancing around on the Zoom call. So we'll be quick. Um, uh-huh. If you liked this episode of Rainbow Rewatch, you can give us a like, give us a follow on all of our accounts at Rainbow Rewatch. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. And you can find us on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> we do like naked podcasts. Yeah. Honestly? Okay. Bookmarking that thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but please, most importantly, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell us how much you like us. Tell us how much you like Bronwyn. Tell us how much you like um, uh, Harry the Potter. The sweet sound of our voice. <laughs> if you want us to do ASMR, uh, uh, you can pay me $10, but you have to leave a review for it. Um, I'd be like, this is my ASMR. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if I did ASMR, it'd be really like, hey, guys. <laughs> I don't think that'd be good. I would sound like the grudge. I would yeah. sound like the grudge is coming out of your TV. Let's give, give me your best, like, actual give me your best ASMR. Oh, I would feel like it'd be... Speak right into the mic. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, yeah, you're the guy from Scream. <laughs> yes, oh my God. I love him. He's iconic. He's a gay icon. Uh, we should do him. Scream. Someone actually DM'd us on Instagram and said we should do Scream. And so your scary movie. Scary movie franchise too. I love mm-hmm. scary movie. Um, but yeah, leave us a review. Basically, yeah. what we're trying to say is leave us a review. Um, and you can follow us. Link in bio. And tune in next time when we talk about another TV show or movie, which I don't know yet because we record these ahead of time. And also, we mix them around. Um, Liliana, is your 
But is there anything you'd like to say? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Um, I guess just... Uh, okay, thank I... you so much for <laughs> <saying>. <laughs>